Welcome back to the Sporty Dietitian Podcast, a show that helps you simplify your nutrition and amplify your activity. I'm your host, Sarah, a board-certified sports dietitian, personal trainer, and expert in sports nutrition. And today, we are going to talk about whether or not milk is harming your hormones. Let's get into it. let's first talk about how I came up with this topic and wanted to discuss it because theoretically you could be like, Sarah, this isn't really related to sports nutrition. Talk to me about why you wanted to bring this up. And the reason for that is because one of my most coolest friends, Britt, brought this to my attention. You know, I've heard it before, but Britt is someone who is an athlete, is training for things, and she loves chocolate milk after her workouts. And one of her friends was talking to her, who was also an athlete, about her love for whole milk. And she had heard people telling her that she shouldn't be drinking milk because it messes with your hormones. So because I am a big proponent of milk being a great whole food, carbohydrate, electrolyte, and protein option, post-workout, and just throughout the day, if you enjoy milk, then I wanted to talk about this because you should not be deterred from something that you love that is, you know, great to fit in after a workout or after activity if you don't have to. You guys know this from my previous podcast, but I hate restriction. I hate people encouraging restriction. And dairy is one of those things, especially milk, that just gets hammered so hard in the media. And a lot of people choose to avoid it because they've heard horrible things about it. And so let's kind of talk about that and, and break down where this statement com- comes from, what the research is saying, and then I'll let you know kind of where my opinion stands on if you should be drinking milk due to its potential effect on hormones. So I'm first going to start out with saying that if you do a simple Google search on the internet, you will find that anything is bad for you. And this includes dairy products. I'm going to just share a couple things that I saw on the internet when I Googled, is dairy bad for your hormones? So the first one is dairy products, especially those with a full fat content, contain high levels of O-estrogens that can interfere with your own levels and promote endometriosis as well as hormone-related cancers like breast, womb, or ovary. That's terrifying. If I read that and I wasn't educated, I would be terrified and I would probably want to stop drinking milk. The second one that I found is the hormones administered to animals are not only consumed when we eat them, but are also excreted in high levels in their waste, which we can also digest in our water. Growth hormone is responsible for the increase in insulin-like growth factor, which has been directly correlated to prostate, colon, and breast cancers. The people who are demonizing milk and dairy in general are people that are following a restrictive lifestyle. So we see it in people who are vegan and people who are paleo. Um, You know, those types of populations are very anti-dairy. I only eat clean, so I don't eat dairy. Don't even get me started on the I only eat clean statement. Oh, that bugs me so bad. Um, And so, you know, 
there's, there is research out there that talks about milk's effect on hormones. If you take it at face value, some of those research articles are scary, but a lot of them have flaws in their study designs. They're funded by, you know, vegan-based funders or, or whatever, and, and it's not interpreted or expressed correctly, or the layman isn't able to interpret it correctly. And when we break down the statement of milk or dairy is bad for your hormones, there's a lot of different ways that we can go with interpretation of that. And one of them is just your hormone levels in general. So I'm thinking that women would probably be more concerned with this more than men. That's just what I'm assuming. Um, I may be wrong, but you know, you heard one of the quotes that I said in, in that uh, quote that I read at the beginning of this podcast, and that was that milk contains high levels of things that can affect females' estrogen levels. And it, there's high level of estrogens in cow's milk. And really what we know from research is there are many, many, many conflicting outcomes in terms of determining an overall consensus. We see that here. We don't see it here. It was not affected in mice. It was not affected in humans in this study. But in this study, we may have seen you know, an effect in adolescence or whatever it is. So like I said, you will find the research out there, but there are just so many conflicting outcomes. And really what we've seen is that there's stronger evidence that suggests the estrogens in cow's milk are just too low to cause any health effects in humans. That's kind of where we stand right now. May that change in the future, potentially, um, but we can't just do research and, and, and tell people to do something that we're investigating if that causes cancer. That's very unethical to induce cancer in someone, right? Or induce, you know, irreversible hormone changes in someone. And so we're taking a lot of these observational studies, um, you know, by asking people if they drink milk, how frequently they drink milk, and then seeing if they get cancer ever in the future. Um, or if they've ever had cancer. And so that's pretty much what we're going off of now. So even those could be flawed because it's not the gold standard. It's not a randomized controlled trial, but we're not going to do a randomized controlled trial to investigate if one act or, or one action or part of your lifestyle is going to induce cancer because that is absolutely unethical um, to do in research. The other thing that is of topic when it comes to uh, milk and its effect on hormones, which I mentioned it in the second quote, is cows being treated with growth hormone, bovine growth hormone. And what this is used to do, as we have seen in the food industry, is to basically increase production of something from an animal. Um, so that would be injecting this bovine growth hormone into cows to increase their milk production, to increase turnover, to have more product, and to make more money. And really what we're seeing now is less companies, less um, farms that are raising cattle are actually administering bovine growth hormone to cows. The latest statistic that I could find is in 2007, only 17% of cows producing milk were actually being treated with bovine growth hormone. So really, if we extrapolate that in and determine significance, that's really not an overwhelming majority of cows being treated with bovine growth hormone. So this may not even be something that 
you know, we really need to worry about. And in my opinion, it was more common whenever um, we lived in a less health conscious society. But I think that a lot of companies and manufacturers are growing towards health conscious consumers and thinking about, you know, antibiotics that they're putting in and quality of ingredients and genetically modified organisms and things like that. So um, with only 17% being treated, you know, I, I don't think that that's something that we need to pull our hair out over and, and restrict an entire food that has a lot of nutrition with it or beverage that has a lot of nutrition with it. And that was reported by the USDA. So there was some formal investigation to determine um, how many cows were actually being treated with bovine growth hormone. And, and one of the things that is being talked about, which again, we said in the first quote, is that when humans drink bovine growth hormone, we see an increase in um, an inflammatory marker, IGF-1. And what we do know is that in people who have cancer or who are at risk for cancer can have higher levels of IGF-1 or higher ratios of IGF-1 um, to, to other inflammatory markers. And so from that, society is determining that because that happens, you are going to get cancer or your risk for cancer is higher. And we don't know that. That's not a fair statement to make. That's completely, um, you know, a, a false association that we don't have the materials and research to make that a definitive statement. It is just something that we have observed and we're watching that and, and studying it to see what happens. So right now it is not fair to say that drinking milk with bovine growth hormone um, from a cow that was injected with bovine growth hormone directly increases your risk for cancer. It's just not fair to make that statement. So that was kind of the route that I took in determining kind of where this person may have been going with their statement of dairy affects your hormones um, in general. So now let's talk about if milk increases your risk for endometriosis. Uh, that's a condition that's seen in females. There's a lot of complications that comes with it. It's a tough battle um, if you are someone with endometriosis. And that was something that was stated in that first quote that I shared that having cow's milk can increase your risk for endometriosis. And you guys, across the board, any research article I looked at, I, I wanted to look at the most recent research, there was absolutely definitively no increased risk for endometriosis development if you drink cow's milk. In fact, I'm going to mention three articles and I'm just going to spit straight facts at you and we're going to shut down that statement immediately. So in a 2020 research article, um, they looked at adults and they looked at their dairy consumption and their risk for endometriosis. And what they actually found is that a higher intake of dairy and milk was associated with a lower risk of an endometriosis diagnosis. And that article was posted in the Journal of Obstetrics and Gynecology. In 2021, there is a research article um, that was posted and they determined that overall dairy product intake was associated with a reduction in endometriosis with significant effects with the average daily intake greater than or equal to three servings per day. 
If you have ever investigated utilizing the MyPlate nutrition calculator tool online, I really like that for guiding daily intake and daily servings. Um, it's not something that you need to do to be a healthy person, but one of the things across the board that's recommended per day is about three servings of dairy, not necessarily from milk, from yogurt, from cheeses. And so we know, hey, the USDA is trying to keep our best interest in mind. Right now, they're not, they're not, you know, trying to give us all endometriosis because even at greater than or equal to three servings per day, we still saw a reduction in the risk of endometriosis. And then lastly, there's a 2022 meta-analysis that again, looked at dairy intake related to endometriosis risk. And they found that a higher intake of total dairy was associated with a decreased risk of endometriosis. This took me about, I don't know, 10 minutes to sift through some articles. Um, and I'm someone that looks at research a lot. And here we have three in the past three years that has consistently concluded, hey, you know, we don't really need to worry about, you know, developing endometriosis and creating this whack, you know, relationship in our, in our estrogen and our hormones and things like that that may induce endometriosis. Okay, and the other statement and what a lot of people talk about is dairies risk for inducing cancer. And um, again, there's research out there that will say, hey, dairy intake may be related to cancer, but there's a lot of things that aren't accounted for in that research. And there's plenty of articles and, and basically consensus statements that have been made by big organizations like the American Cancer Society that have really just, you know, myth busted that statement right now. Um, so so here, here are some things that research is telling us. Number one, well, first let's back up and, and re-mention those hormone-related cancers. The breast cancer, the ovary cancer, the prostate cancer. Another big one is colon cancer as well. And when you look at the research, it's, it's even the exact opposite, which is just crazy to me that people are making these bold statements and creating, you know, having a scare tactic for our public to avoid a very nutritious food source if you are not lactose intolerant and if you do not have a diagnosed by an allergist milk allergy. So first and foremost, research is showing that really dairy intake may be protective in terms of colon cancer. When we look at prostate cancer, um, there is potentially a connection between dairy and prostate cancer, but the research is not consistent. And the, the other thing that they're not taking in mind is separating milk from saturated fat. So saturated fat is found very much so in whole milk, less in 2% milk, um, and not very much in skim milk. And so um, the, the research articles that we're looking into, into that did not extrapolate the two um, and look at them independent of each other. So we don't know really if it's the milk or if it's the saturated fat. So if you're so someone who is concerned about that, maybe you do have a very, very high risk um, or a high family history of prostate cancer and you love milk, just do a 2% or a skim milk. And that goes for a chocolate milk if you want to still include that post-workout as well. There is a 2021 study that um, looked at milk consumption and risk of breast cancer, and they determined that milk consumption was associated with a reduced risk in breast cancer in both pre- and post-menopausal women. And total consumption of dairy products showed a significant reduction um, in risk for pre-menopausal women, um, but not necessarily for post-menopausal women. 
the American Institute on Cancer Research finds no evidence for linking dairy or dairy milk to breast cancer risk, and the National Breast Cancer Foundation states that there's limited evidence suggesting that higher intakes of dairy milk is associated with a greater risk of breast cancer. So again, I... I gave you the research I looked at, you know, which I already knew this, right? But it is good for for me to share with you what these organizations that are truly leading in cancer research, in hormone-related condition research, and all of them are saying, hey, you really don't need to be worried about this right now. If you still are worried about it, maybe switch to a 2% or a skim milk. Um, But if you're someone who loves that chocolate milk post-workout or you regularly drink milk throughout the day, you can still do it. You absolutely can still do it. So overall, milk and dairy products, they do contain some hormones, but what we know is the amount is very small compared to what the body makes naturally. There's just no strong evidence to show that hormones in milk could go on to cause cancer. And what we do know about milk is that it's cheap, it's very accessible, it's one of the greatest post-workout drinks It's the best dietary source of calcium and of vitamin D. Because of that, it can directly improve or maintain bone health in athletes. And that's something that is of concern when we look at people who are under fueling or who avoid certain food groups. We want to make sure that we we add that back in or create an alternative source to make sure that we have healthy bones to avoid stress fractures or other bone injuries. And smoking, being sedentary, your genetic predisposition, having chronic diseases, all of those increase your risk for cancer more so than drinking a glass of milk per day or even three per day, as was reflected um, in one of the research articles that I mentioned. Thank you for tuning in to another episode of the Sporty Dietitian podcast. Continue to drink your milk keep your bones healthy and strong, and don't worry about milk's effect on your hormones just yet.